probably like 60 people in that group. And by the end of our last, so I was in that a year, by the end of that last session, I built, I given so much value to people like saying, Hey, this is what I've done. This is the, these are the steps that I did that I had seven clients, seven of, of, of my friends in there said, Hey, we'll, we'll pay you 24,000 bucks. Help us do this. So I walked away out of that having a, a whole new seven figure business. You're listening to the unstoppable business podcast. I'm your host, Brian Lee. So today we have joined us is Mike L. Murphy, and he's an American animation director and animator in film and television. You may have seen Mike's work in The Lord of the Rings, Fast and Furious, Iron Man, and Harry Potter. He's also the co-creator of The Visionary Planner, a company that helps you kickstart your online expert business. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Brian. Nice to be here. For sure, man. So I guess first thing I'm curious about if I was a friend growing up with you, what would I say about you? Um, that I have re- a wonderful voice for podcasts, hopefully. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I've always, I, I'm one of those yeah. people that, and I and imagine most of your listeners, if they're entrepreneurs, they can probably relate to this, that I, I just don't fit inside any sort of box. I have a lot of different things that I'm interested in. And, it, you know, um, it's sort of like you, you have a, a vision of what you want to do with your life. And then as you go on it, you, you sort of pick up all these little skills and these little insights and they're seemingly random. But when you look back at your, at your life and at your journey, you go, Oh yeah, that all, that all sort of makes sense now. You know, it's like hindsight's 2020. Uh, yeah. Cause when I was a kid, I was really into uh, movies and, and storytelling and entertainment. And, and I remember people like, well, what do you want to do? And, I, I, the closest I, I could say was I wanted to be a writer director in Hollywood. And, but even then I was like, that's not really what I want. Cause I, I didn't really know what having, a, you know, being an influencer online and having an online business. And I, you know, it wasn't really defined back in the early you know eighties when I was, when I was growing up. So it's um, yeah, it's been, it's been a long, uh, interesting road of, of different careers and different, twists and turns, but, uh, you know, we, we get, we end up where we need to be. Uh, so what were some of those careers that you initially, or maybe some of those interests that you dived into that were seemingly sort of unrelated at first? Yeah. So, well, my, my, um, college I went to was California Institute of the Arts, which was founded by Walt Disney. It was like the last big project Walt did before he, he passed away. And because I growing up before the internet, I knew I wanted to work in Hollywood. I wanted to work in, in the entertainment industry. And the only, the only real names I knew are Steven Spielberg and, and Walt Disney. So but again, before the internet, you'd have to go to your local library. And, and I think the only book I could find on filmmaking or Hollywood was a bio of Walt Disney. So I, I really, I probably read that 10 times. Just, you know, it was very fluffy, but I wanted to understand you know, have, have kind of a mentor, if you will, say, this is what you need to do. So that, that led me to, to uh, when I was seven, you know, 16, I dropped out of high school because I got accepted at CalArts. So uh, the one school, the one okay. college, incredibly difficult to get into, I, mm-hmm. I applied to, and, and uh, late, by the way, because they're like, we're done, we've already picked students for next year. But I was like, no, I'm going there. I was really tenacious. <laughs> and I got to so drop out of high school, which was 
little um, a little disconcerting for my father. And but my mom, who is a school teacher, she's like, just let him let him do what he needs to do. So so long story short, I when I was 21, I jumped into the animation and visual effects industry, which is nothing like I'm doing now. But I do have a plan to go back and do something like that, but different. You know, so so you sort of like as you go through life, you have to you have to seize the opportunities that are that are available for you and it may not be your final destination but at least you you can say okay this opportunity can i grow from this can i learn a new skill and certainly as an entrepreneur everything should be a learning experience for you everything should contribute to you understanding human psychology or sales psychology or product creation or marketing you know all these really incredible things that you need to know if you want to if you want to find any sort of success and 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 be a leader for your audience that's that's a big thing if you don't want to be a commodity you really have to know how to speak to your audience and talk to their it comes back to storytelling right so me me, me wanting to be in hollywood but the communication of talking to people and fulfilling a product that that gives them an amazing experience that's what makes a great company amazing like if you look at steve jobs the man did apple he also did Pixar, which nobody really gives him credit for, but he, he, was, he was one of the main genesis of, of Pixar. You know, so just like Walt Disney, this guy created a, an awesome animation studio, and it wasn't right. his wheelhouse. But he's like, you know what? I think that we, I, I love creating technology and amazing experiences and computer animation. It gives an amazing experience. So, so that's like one of those things that I'm sure when Steve Jobs was starting Apple up, he wasn't thinking, one day I'll, I'll, I'll run an animation studio and, and, and own, I think he owns like, or his estate owns like 30 or 40% of Disney stock. So I'm sure that was never his game plan up front, but he, he kind of rolled with it and, and made the best of it. And, you know, the rest is history. So, so getting back to your question, my early career, I was working in, character animation which uh, is basically animating characters there's a i don't want to get too technical about animation but but the acting side of bringing a character to life and then that career lasted about seven years i don't know why it's seven seems to be this magical number for for uh, chapters in people's life so that, so that was about seven years and then i transitioned from that into supervising uh, a thing called previs or pre-visualization and that's where I worked in Iron Man and Fast and Furious and a bunch of other movies. And that's where you're, you're literally creating a digital version of the set and the actors. Like, so let's say it's like Mission Impossible and you're creating a digital Tom Cruise and you're, you're animating the stunts that, you know, he's going to run and, and jump off a cliff and land on a helicopter. And how do we do that safely? Right. So mm -hmm. Rotor blades don't chop him in half. And then how do we practically do that so that a stuntman can do it? And then we want to figure out which scenes is Tom going to do and which scenes are a stuntman's going to do and what's going to be digital so nobody's going to get hurt, right? So, so that, that particular, well, let me back up. So my career as an animator let me really understand Hollywood and storytelling and development. And I had, I had so many just once-in-a-lifetime opportunities. Like at one point I was at Disney and they, they halted production of the movie I was on. It was called Meet the Robinsons. And because... I was paid to basically sit around at Disney Animation for a whole year. It was like awesome. I, I went around and I, I talked to all these people who, who made the films that I grew up on, like the guys that directed Little wow. Mermaid. You know, yeah. I know, I'm just like in their office, like mm -hmm. saying, okay, you know, give me some pointers, mentor me. And everyone was really gracious and awesome. And I also got a pitch. Uh, I developed a short film there. 
and I got to pitch it. So I'm in the room with literally like my childhood heroes and they're, they're like, yeah, they're, you know, giving me, they're, you know, they're encouraging me and, 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 and watching me pitch this thing. And it was like, you know, I'm in the main story room that while pitching, it was like, this doesn't happen. You know, I pay for this experience. So, so that was a great experience about learning about presenting ideas and, and communicating emotions to people. Cause as an actor or as a character animator, you have to, you have to bring characters to life. And I've worked on some, some really iconic characters like Gollum. That's probably going to be in my tombstone. Mike was one of the main Gollum animators. Everybody loves that character. Wow. And that's because we went out of our way to, to think about the character as, a, as if he was real and really have that connection with the audience. So instead of him thinking of him as this weird, creepy little guy, he was like a heroin junkie. You know, he's just, he needed this, this fix, you know, he went insane. And that's, that's how <laughs> uh -huh. we could ground the character in, into reality. So, so that was the animation. And when I got into visual effects and, and uh, I was, I was elevated to the level of being a supervisor. So that started teaching me about leadership and, and it started teaching me about taking really complex things like making a movie and breaking it down into bite-sized little gears, so to speak. And every work, every artist and, and producer and, and, and production assistant, they're all the gears that make up this big machine. So, so I was able to look and say, how, how do you take like a machine, like a car, and break it down to the finest detail, the little bolt that, that holds the, the, the back seat in place? You know, I have to think of all those things and then put it on a timeline and, and build milestones and, and empower your, 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 your crew to, to go out there and be excited every day to get it done. So it was like a whole separate career and a whole separate set of skills that were a natural evolution of what I did before. And then that transitioned me into flat out becoming an entrepreneur with the online business. And I was, I wouldn't have had the success that I had if I, if I hadn't had those two other seven year chapters in my life that I could build upon. Mm, gotcha. So like, how did you uh, bring that to the table when you became an entrepreneur, like an online entrepreneur, like the elements of story and the elements of leadership? Good question. Um, as when, so my first business well, I kind of dabbled around in the beginning because I was so involved in, in tech stuff. So in the very beginning, I was just really thinking about the technical sides of things like the um, websites and building funnels and all these, you know, sort of new skill sets. And, and unfortunately, the first time you learn something new, you, you don't know what you don't know. So you're really excited by the prospects and you, you don't understand fully the, the time constraints and the, the, the financial cost of it all. Uh, but but again, you know, it's like anything else. You, you got to kind of jump in the deep end and sink or swim. And luckily, I was I was uh, I, sank, I almost sank a few times. You know, as any entrepreneur will tell you. Uh, but I think it's really it comes down to that that vision that you have for your life. And I and I've already since I was a kid, I've, I've known what I was meant to do in my life. And I'm just I'm, I'm moving towards that. I'm still not there yet. That's the next seven years. Uh, but having that vision has always let me keep going you know it's like i'll give you the analogy this great movie raging bull you know De Niro's just getting mm -hmm. crap beat out of him in the ring and he keeps getting back up and it, 
that's really what an entrepreneur is. You're, you're constantly taking hits, you know, like now at the time of us filming this, we're, we're in the COVID scare, the COVID-19 scare. And a lot of businesses just got knocked down. And the, the business owners that are able to, to, to shrug it off and, and stand up and, and, and just get back in the game, they're the ones that they're gonna succeed. Even though they might have a black eye from this, they're gonna, they're gonna succeed. And there's other people that are just gonna be tired and give up. You know? And if your vision's strong enough, you, you can get knocked down a million times. You, you know, you're, you're always gonna get up and it's that million and one time when, when you really you, you, you get the you get the, the heavyweight title, so to speak. So, go, going back to your question, the skills I had previously about leadership and storytelling were definitely applicable when I launched my my very first successful business, which was doing what I know it was taking animation and filmmaking and screenwriting and teaching that to students. And I was at that time I was being mentored by Jeff Walker. He's the oh, awesome. creator. Yeah, so he, mm -hmm. he has product launch formula, and his his whole thing back then, and this is still totally applicable if anybody wants to be an expert, is I just started doing speaking gigs. And my my uh, girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, she is from Europe where I currently live. We, we've relocated here, and she. She basically is like, hey, let's let's just travel around Europe for a summer and we'll fund it by getting speaking gigs, so doing workshops and stuff at, at animation uh, colleges throughout Europe. So I, I did that for, for a couple months. We traveled all around like to Spain and England and you know all these great places and France. And I was doing animation workshops at, at the bigger universities throughout Europe. And uh, I was gonna, as I was doing that, I was developing my, my coaching program, my, my online animation coaching program. And as luck would have it, because again, when, you, when your vision and your, your tenacity is, is, is at an 11 out of 10, the universe just says, all right, you want this, here you go. So one of my students turned out, she was the, uh, the administration or the, the director of a university an art school in Malaysia. So they had two campuses. So they, they quickly contacted me and said, do you want to move down to Malaysia and teach your, your animation? Do you, you want to mentor our students? I said, I have no desire to move to Southeast Asia. I'd like to visit, but right. I'm not going to live for years. Uh, but yeah. here's what I can do because I was aware of how, how I could bundle up my expertise and make online coachings and continuity programs and stuff. So I said, how about I do this? How about you guys pay me per student? And uh, I will I'll make an online step-by-step -step training program to have a group of students work together to make a short film, which if, if you've ever tried to teach a bunch of 17 and 18-year-old college kids how to work together to, to make a, a short film, short animated film, you know that's oh next possible. Yeah, it's like herding yeah. cats, you know? They're, they're all <laughs> running in different directions, and it's like herding, H-U-R-D, not, not hurting. Person. Right. I'm not advocating that. But it was it was it was a it was a very tricky process. But that going through that, and I worked with them for about three years. Going through that allowed me to learn how to make these massive online training programs that help people accomplish something pretty pretty impossible. And as soon as I was wrapping that up, I, I was in a mass in, in Jeff Walker's mastermind actually, and. And people are like, how are you doing that? <laughs> you know, we've been trying to get online and do all this stuff and you're just doing it. I'm like, I don't know. So I started having to formulate 
and break down what I was doing into a step-by-step -step process. And that led to people saying, hey, Mike, here's money. Just, just do this for me. Help me figure this out. So that was the genesis of what I'm currently doing now inside the Visionary Planner, which is showing people how to develop these signature programs and then get them into a learning portal and also create marketing systems so that they could, they could intake students and give people amazing experiences. And a lot of that was showing them how to tell stories and, and elicit emotions into the, the, the viewer. You know, so if somebody's in your marketing funnel, if you don't make them feel something, if you don't make them excited for what you're offering them, or you don't make them frightened that if they don't take action, the cost of inaction is going to be far more severe. So all, and it really comes down to human psychology. But when you, when you, you can mix all those things together, then you can start to, to get people excited about, about transforming their lives. So going back to the animation thing, or going back to the Jeff's mastermind, I, I uh, went around, there's probably like 60 people in that group. And by the end of our last, so I was in that a year, by the end of that last session, I built, I given so much value to people, like saying, hey, this is what I've done. This is the, these are the steps that I did, that I had seven clients, seven of, of, of my friends in there said, hey, we'll, we'll pay you 24,000 bucks, help us do this. So I walked away out of that having a, a whole new seven-figure business wow. launched. Yeah, and it was just it just really came down to talking about what I was what I was excited about. You know, going back to the vision, like here's my vision. This is what I this is what I'm doing, and people were literally like, "I want to be part of that." So that's and I wouldn't have known how to do that if I hadn't been in Hollywood, if I hadn't been in that room at Disney with all of my heroes pitching them my 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 film ideas and having them enthusiastically say, "Yeah, this is great!" Right? So that that. It's, it's like a confidence thing. When you do something, you, you suck in the beginning, but the more you do it, the, and the, you, you do it because you're excited, right? So the more you're doing it and you're, you're falling down, you're scraping your knee, you're getting the, you know, you're getting the black eye in, in, in the boxing ring, but you eventually get good enough that you can hold your own and people, people want to watch, right? And, and so the, the analogy of, of growing a business is, is, just if you have an idea and you know it's going to be valuable for people, you know you're going to make people's lives better, you're going to solve problems. In the case of the Visionary Planner, I was showing people how in, in a year or less, they could do something that typically took them seven years or longer. If, if ever, a lot of people just give up. They're like, this is way too crazy, and they go back to their corporate job or whatever the case may be. So when you, you, when you provide the value and you're excited about helping people and you've got, you've got proof that either you've – your system or your processes work for you, and, and then it's starting to work for other people. That's when you're like all the, the, the entrepreneurial gods, so to speak, start smiling upon <laughs> you, and, mm -hmm. and success starts to come your way. Now, I, I don't want to mislead anyone. It's really hard to start a business. You need a lot of time and money, and you need to have a great ad campaign, and there's a lot of factors, but it doesn't happen unless you're willing to get in the ring and, and train hard and, and, and not give up. Gotcha. I think that you do mention a really in, important point and it's already, I mean, it's also in your branding, the visionary planner. Uh, mm -hmm. When people are developing their visions, right, or their ideas, like how do they know if that is the idea, like the idea to pursue, the right idea? That's a great question. I would say it, it really comes down to going with your gut. If it feels right, it may not be the right idea that you end up with, but it's the right idea to start with. 
So the visionary planner, when I started, it was a million times different than, than what the, what the product or the service is now. Back then it was like, Oh, I'll show you how to make a website and how to set up a, a very simple continuity program, right? Really, really, really basic. And now it's a lot more complicated where we teach people how to do ad campaigns and tracking and all this crazy stuff that, that probably melt people's minds. But I wouldn't have gotten here if I didn't start there. And so I'll give you a famous example. iPhone 11 right now, right? If they right. waited until mm -hmm. they waited till they had it perfect, they never would have launched, but they're like, you know what? It's good enough. It's better than the other stuff out there. It's better than the Razor phone, you know, the flip phone. So let's put it out there. And if people buy it, we'll, we'll continue to invest profits in, into improving the product. And now it's made Apple up, you know, the largest company, I think they're, no, I think Amazon's number one, but Apple's number two or three at this point. So if, you, if you're really passionate about something and you know that that's a valuable thing for other people, right? If I'm passionate about, I don't know, doing something really bad and malicious, you know, poisoning water holes or whatever, then hopefully, hopefully no one will support that and that, that idea won't go away. But if I'm passionate about going out there, so I, I just got off the phone with, uh, the client earlier and her business is she shows 55 to 75 year old usually women who are cancer survivors she gives them an exercise and nutrition program so that's awesome that's like she's she's totally helping all these scared people who have they just don't know what to do and she's saying hey there's hope for you i have a system for you and while her first pass is going to be you know it's not going to be the end pass She's got to put something out there to market and, and start getting feedback from that. And know it's a long journey, but if you if you're committed to the journey, you're gonna make it. So like a, a filmmaking example of that would be Lord of the Rings. So Frodo has this ring, and he's like, okay, my vision is I'm gonna throw it in the in the in Mount Doom, melt the damn ring, so I can stop the bad guy from from being evil and taking over the world. Yet that journey. There's so many times if you watch the whole trilogy where you're like, Frodo, dude, just, just stop me. <laughs> you're going to die. Like, give up. Right. But his, mm -hmm. his vision, that, that need to go on that journey is so intense. And as he's going, all, so it's, this is why it's a great myth because mythology is, is, it resonates with, with uh, our, our average human uh, uh, set of experiences. So as he's going on on that journey, all these other people are joining him. First it's Samwise, but then it's like Aragorn and all, you know, the elves and all these other people start saying, yeah, we believe in what you believe and we want to help you. So that's, that's really the best analogy. That hero's journey is really the best analogy uh, for entrepreneurs. Have a vision, plant your flag. I'm going to help people do this. I don't know what the final product's going to be. I don't know what my final brand's going to be, but I only know that I have to take the first step to get to the next step to the next step. And eventually I'm going to get to version 11. Mm, gotcha. And Mike, is there at any point where, uh, you know, during pursuing that path, like to just keep trudging on, or is there a point where, okay, if something's not working, then backtrack and do another idea? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of times where you're like this, I've, I've gone, I'm, I'm cornered now. I went, I went in the wrong direction. Uh, but that's, that's all, that's all part of the fun. You know, that comes down to listening to feedback. So I'll give you another, uh, I'll give you another example on so Pixar. They develop a lot of movies and there's been a lot of times where they they'll realize that the movie is just not good enough. So one example is the movie, the good dinosaur. So they got to the point where it just wasn't working. 
And they decide, all right, let's switch the script up. Let's get a new team in there because we believe in the idea. So that's one of those examples where they actually, the film came out and, and it, you know, it did, it did all right. And then there's other examples where they had the idea and they developed it and they just realized eventually after, you know, tens of millions of dollars in, in development, they realized this isn't right. It's just not working. And they're able to pull the plug, but, but they're, they then transition into the next project like that didn't that didn't destroy Pixar so when you're developing that idea if the core of that idea is I'm kind of I'm going to repeat myself but if the core of that idea is is something a solution that you know that people are really suffering from or if you're if you're dealing with entertainment it's it's an idea that you know people are, are really going to be entertained by so if you're provide so, so in other words if you're providing value and you know people want that value. You know, if I'm like, you know, my, my dream in life is to show people how to weave uh, sweaters for their pet porcupine. While you may be really excited about that, it's probably not a viable <laughs> business option, right? There's probably maybe right. three buyers out there. So you have to do your due diligence. You have to do a lot of competitive analysis. And that's something that we spend a lot of time on in the Visionary Planner. You want to look at other, other uh, businesses out there. Make sure that people are spending money on this. So I'll give you two examples of that. One is the iPhone that I already mentioned. Apple did not invent cell phones, but Steve Jobs and the Apple team, they looked around and said, what's selling right now? What electronics are selling? Well, people love, they love cell phones. They love, they, you know, it's convenient. How do we improve that? Let's get, let's make the screen a touch screen instead of having that little crappy keyboard. So that was the game changer where they took a pre-existing viable product and they improved it rather than saying, let's be the pioneers, let's be the first people out there and let's spend all this time and money trying to educate people why they need a cell phone. Rather, people are already buying cell phones, let's just improve it. So that's the first example. The second example is back in the 1920s, there, film, uh, filmmaking was silent and there's a movie called The Jazz Singer that had audios the first time somebody was speaking on camera and it blew people away and Walt Disney was able to see an early version of that and he went holy crap I got to do that for Mickey Mouse so he had a film that they were just about to release Steamboat Willie and he said no no no, we got a halt production and let's redo it with an audio track so Mickey's talking and he's and he's playing musical instruments and the audience can you know they're, they're gonna be blown away by this so because he recognized that there was this technological advancement that could take what people were already proven to like, which was animated short films, and he could add something else, and, and he was in the right place at the right time. In other words, he wasn't like a copycat, like, yeah, me too, I can do that too, right? Which all the other animation studios after him did. He positioned himself to really stand out and, and attract the audience's emotions, and that's what made Mickey Mouse a, you know, as big of a star back then as, as Charlie Chaplin, and that's what gave Walt the juice to go and continue building his business, and, and now it's a multi-billion dollar, although it just got downgraded. But now Disney's you know, one of the top blue chip companies in the world. Mm -hmm. So you, gotta, you, gotta, you may get it wrong, but if your end goal stays the same, I wanna help people solve this problem, or I wanna entertain people by by having this kind of content and you're walking towards it you will hit roadblocks but then all you got to do is stop look around and see what else is selling and also talk to your audience and say what do you want you know what 
what are you willing to pay for? You know, what's an urgent problem? Now, there's, there, I'll say that, but then there's people like Henry Ford that said, you know, if I ask people, you know, he met in the car, if you don't know. Uh, if he said, I, if I asked people what, what they wanted, they'd say they just wanted a, a faster, faster horse to pull their carriage. Right. You know, they didn't know mm-hmm. about cars. So, you know, it's not, it's not a science, it's more of an art, but I think if, you, if you're really clear on what your vision is, what that thing is that you want to create and who you want to serve, while you will have missteps along the way, you'll eventually, you'll eventually get there. But you gotta, you gotta always look at the data, right? You gotta always know your KPIs and, and you know, I need to sell this many units and I need this level of satisfaction. And if, if you're not hitting it, then have a conversation, say, ask, ask the people, your, your buyers, what's wrong? Why don't you like this? What else can I do? And nine times out of 10, you'll get that, that inspiration and you'll move in that new direction. And, and what I've found is it's usually just a slight adjustment. It's usually adding something or removing something that, that makes a difference. Mm, gotcha. So Mike, you said you have about seven years before you reach your ultimate vision that you had since childhood. What is that vision exactly? I'm not, I, I can give a, a little uh, taste of it. I, I, I can't, I can't fully disclose it yet. And, and it's okay. really like, it's like a couple of years away. Maybe it's a little longer now if this stupid pandemic <laughs> alters how people travel. Uh, but it's, it's a, right. it's an IP brand. It's, um, you know, my heroes are people like Walt Disney and Steve Jobs and JK Rowling and George Lucas, people that have created big studios uh, centered around great stories that people love. And in particular, Walt Disney was able to take film and then make it four-dimensional by creating theme parks. So he was able to make, obviously, Disneyland, which is an extension of, of the film. So I want to I wanna take films and games and, and theme parks and weave them together into a completely new entertainment brand that is taking what people are, you know, I'm, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, right? I want to take what people right. are already loving fantasy films and, and, and uh, going to theme parks and, and playing role-playing games and all that and do it a new, more technologically advanced version of it. So it's, it's going it, to, it's not reinventing the wheel, but it's just, it's giving people more of what they want. You know, Harry Potter's done. Lord of the Rings is done. Star Wars is pretty much done. So all these IPs that people love, they're looking for, you know, Game of Thrones is done. People are looking for that next IP and, and it, there's really, it, the well's really dry. Hollywood's bought everything up. So, so long story short, I'm, I'm creating a, a really awesome IP. We've got amazing concept artists and architects and all these people working on it. And uh, I'll be revealing that to the world probably in the next year or so. Once I, once I yeah. Coming up. All in awesome, time. man. Yeah. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> it, should be, it should be pretty cool. So, Mike, do you have anything else you want to share to entrepreneurs who want to follow in your footsteps? Yeah. Um, well, I, I guess my advice would be that you have to you have to have a really – like the people that I know who are successful, who, who enjoy what they do, which is a big distinction – you, you can say, I just want to make money and you can go out there and you know, be a stock, stock broker or lawyer and just pile on money. But the people I know that do that, they don't have that. They're not excited about it. They're like, yeah, I'm doing it. And they're almost like sharks, but they're not, 
they're not heart centered about it. Well, the people that I know they're really happy people who are also really successful. It's because they've defined what their vision is and that vision is giving that value. It's actually making the world a better place. So I think when you, when you, when you can do those two things, that's where, and, and you don't give up, right? You, you're going to get knocked down. You've got to be aware that's going to happen. That's when you can really start to find success. And, and like I said, it takes about seven years. So if anyone's like, I need money right now, I'm going to start my own business and, and, and I'm going to expect money to roll in tomorrow. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> there's a lot, there's so many people that, mm -hmm. that we look at like, Oh, they just came out of nowhere. They're overnight success. And it's like, you know, I'm an over, I'll be an overnight success 30 years in the making. You know? So I think if people can be, there's a great Tony Robbins quote. It's like people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in a decade. And I, I think that's mm. pretty accurate. So I, I would, I would suggest yeah. to anyone listening have a seven year goal. Don't have like a, a, a seven week goal. You know, you can have little mini goals. Like I want to, I want to get my website up in seven weeks or something, but a, a, a big massive goal. Like I want to have a brand that's like, so in the case of visionary planner, I want to have a brand that shows people step-by-step step how they can take their expertise, their coaching, their consulting, their services and build a solid, sustainable business online that they can hand operations over to a staff so that their time is freed up so they can go off and, and make an impact in the world or, or, or make memories with their loved ones. So that was the vision that I wanted for my life. And as I was telling other people, they're like, I want that too. So that's, that's what, what led to that. And, and when, you, when you are that clear on what you want and you articulate it well to other people, other people just want to go along on the ride. They're like, yeah, sign me up. You know, I want to, I want to work with you or mm -hmm. I want to invest in you. I've had, I've had some really big people say, I want to invest in you, you know, and that just comes down to being passionate and, and being confident that you know what you're talking about when it comes to business. So, so just if anyone's not aware of this, business is the art of making money. So you can then take that money and re in, invest it into growing and getting to version 11 and version 12 and version 13 because the more money you're making the more of an impact you're making in the lives of other people so so like in jerry inquire show me the money that's that's not a greedy thing in my mind that's like i need money to make an impact you know look at charities they need, they're also asking for donations because you, you got to have money to to make the world a better place so i think if you if you can really define what you want and you're willing to put the, the time in and you're willing to understand it's going to be a grind at points and you're going to be financially strapped at points. And there's going to be times when you have to pay everyone else and you get paid last. And that's scary. But if your vision's right. that strong and your business mm -hmm. understanding of the market is that strong. In other words, you're not naive. You're like, I'm going to make a million dollars off training people how to, how to sew sweaters for their, their, their pet hedgehog. Well, if you looked at the research and you see, wow, there's no other businesses that do that. There's literally no, audience for that there's no books on it there's no facebook groups of people that have pet porcupines or hedgehogs or whatever it's going to be so that's probably not a good business model but i'm but i'm the core of that is i'm excited about animals right so then at that point i would then look into a business venture where i'm serving people that are helping animals and I, you know like maybe uh example is dog training wow you know maybe i'm not going to train people how to how to 
serve their pet porcupines, but dogs, people love their dogs. Maybe I can go and show people how to, how to bond better with their dog or to, to feed their dog better. So, so they're not eating processed food, which leads to cancer later in life for dogs and blah, 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 blah. So if you, if your core intention is there and you're willing to adjust you know, like you're shooting for the bullseye, but you're aware there's going to be wind and stuff and you're going to have to readjust your, your trajectory. You, if you can do that and you're not set in stone on it and you're flexible, then I think you're going to, you're going to eventually, you're going to get where you want to go. If you didn't have time to take notes for this episode, get your full text summary, notes, and links along with all of the top tips from this episode at unstoppablebusiness.com slash podcast.